0: "'Hello from Temple Bear, Dublin.' very welcome to Season 2 of our Tradfast podcast, brought to you by the Temple Bar Company and Falcha, Ireland. That opening track was a medley played by the She-Fiddlers from their new CD, and Liz Doherty is the inspiration behind the She-Fiddlers. Liz and Frank Gallagher are also music producers for the new T.G. Caher series FLA 2020, and I'm delighted to say that Liz Doherty is our guest on this week's podcast. Liz, It's wonderful to speak to you.
1: Hello there, and it's great to chat to you too.
0: Now, it's not that long, actually, since we were speaking, and this is what inspired this podcast, because you're a fiddler, you're a band leader, you're an educator... You're on the board of Culture Ireland, of course, as we know. And of late, the newest string, I suppose, to your bow is you're a TV music producer. And I want to talk to you about that. But I want to talk to you about yourself too a little maybe at the start. I met you in Cork many years ago. You were in UCC. You were in Derry. You're now in Donegal. Where are you from originally?
1: Well, I'm from Bunkranagh up in Inneshoun in Donegal. And that's where I'm back these days now. I've been living back here now for about 15 years again. So yeah, it's lovely to be back in familiar territory after being in Cork for a long time, over in Cape Breton for a few years as well, um, and working in Dublin on and off, but back on home turf now, so it's great.
0: And that suits you to be there now?
1: It does indeed, it does surely. I have two small boys, um, and you know what? It's just lovely they're about, and I have older folk around here and stuff, and it's yeah, it's just great to be back in the countryside, looking out over Loxville, and all good.
0: It's great to hear a happy person, actually, at this time and this time of COVID for sure. Uh, You've been spending a lot of time, of course, in Donegal because we've all had this lockdown, of course. Uh, How have you been managing your time?
1: Well, do you know what? It's been kind of uh, it's obviously a strange time for everybody. Um, And our own situation was I had just left my job at the University of Ulster um, just after Christmas. So I find myself uh, unemployed for the first time ever since I was 14, uh, just when Covid struck. Um, and on top of that, we had a fire in our house uh, not too long ago and the builders had just literally taken the roof off the house as well. So we've been camping out in the one room uh, for the duration as well. So it's been a we've got very close as a family, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs>
0: Amazing that you sound so happy, uh, considering you have all that uh, adversity and COVID-19 down on top of that. Um, what about your music? Did you get a chance then, seeing as you had that bit of time off? Did you do a bit of playing at home or did the kids take up most of your time?
1: We Well, you know what, I didn't do a lot of playing myself. I had the best of intentions to do that. But um, it's the one thing that I'm finding that I'm not making the proper time for it. At all, but the boys are playing loads, Um, and I was working plenty of music. I guess I was trying to set up a new business because uh, my I I had planned on having a little hiatus after leaving academia to you know go through the period of uh, recovering from my academic life (sighs) before I started into the next phase, and then just look when I found myself like the rest of the world in this situation, it was like right I better get the finger out and come up with my bright idea and get on with making a new business. So I found that kept me. Uh, really busy and really occupied for the duration which was great, you know, it kind of kept me focused and you know, just something positive to look forward to with all the negative stuff going on, you know.
0: And what is the new business?
1: So I am hoping to launch this in August and it's a company that's going to work with um, people who teach traditional music. It's called I Teach Trad um, and it's very specifically to help people how to teach traditional music which is something that's not in huge abundance there's loads of us doing it and certainly for myself you know I've been teaching for years and uh, and I've had lots of students who go on teaching and a lot of us find that we're kind of making it up as we go along and everybody's reinventing the same wheel and it can be quite a lonely old journey teaching traditional music and you're giving so much of yourself all the time so this is about a bit of training a bit of professional development a bit of support a bit of mentoring and all of that so it's nearly ready to be born um over the next few weeks. So yeah, I'm looking forward to, to we that. Certainly
0: look forward to that. So it's kinda of put a bit of structure on the whole teaching of traditional music.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um I have kind of developed a little framework uh that kind of outlines the process, a kind of a roadmap for a word that's overused of course these days. But yeah, that kinda of looks at the, the process and then what both the learners and the teachers might consider at different stages along the way. So Look there forward to
0: that. It. And is there a name on this project?
1: Yes, yeah, so I call it I Teach Trad. Okay. So the website will be iteachtrad.com. Um, so it does what it says on the tin. Okay, and so
0: yeah, iteachtrad.com. We'll watch out for that then sometime in August when the dust settles. You've been very busy of late, of course, but before I talk to you about what you've been doing in the last few weeks, which seems to me to have been incredibly uh, intensive. You already worked with a group of fiddlers called the She-Fiddlers. Now that's S-I for the, have I got that correct?
1: Yes you do. So um, can you
0: explain the name and the concept?
1: So yes so um, the She-Fiddlers it's a group of women fiddlers from Donegal. There's 13 of us and um, a few years ago in the middle of the Fair Play discussion when that was at its height um, back in 2018 the Aragal Arts Festival spoke to Tara Conahan from Glentys, a great fiddle player from Glentys. And uh, they came up with the idea of having all the women fiddlers of Donegal on the stage. And Donegal fiddle, as we know, is a really strong tradition, but it's often the men who are to the foreground there. um, And occasionally there'll be an odd woman will infiltrate the ranks. But um, you know, the the presence is usually all the brilliant male fiddle players that are there. there There's so many um, young fiddle players who are women um, and some of us who are older uh, now as well. And so this was a gathering of those fiddle players, and out of that then came the idea to record a CD, which we did in a day uh, in September past. And yeah, so there's 13 of us from all over the county from Enishon, from Glenties, from Glencolum Kill, from Gortahark, and um, the whole works, and of course, Mairead Mooney from Gidor. And yeah, so we have this just plain. Great wall of fiddle music is the only way to describe it. So tunes, just the big hits of the Donegal fiddle tradition, but just a wall of sound from the women fiddle players. So it's a gorgeous project and lots of laughs, great people, and a lot of fun to be involved in. And the CD is just out.
0: Now it's interesting that you should say a wall of fiddle playing because certainly I came across you and a group that you were working with in Cork when you were there called Fiddlesticks. And I thought it was the most exciting sound there was such joy and energy uh, in that group and it was all these fiddle players playing together.
1: Oh Sherlock fiddle fiddlesticks was amazing mm. Um that was such a great time when I was in UCC and there were so many class fiddle players coming through as students then when I was teaching and that really just came out of a module that we were that I was working on at the time and it was like instead of talking about it come on we'll just play the tunes, and um, yeah, over the years, we had lots of changes of personnel as students graduated and more fiddle players came in. And interestingly, uh, the majority of fiddlesticks was also women. And um, that was never intentional at the time. It's, it was just the way it was. But that was it was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, but a lot of the music that fiddlesticks played was music that was from the wider Celtic family from Scotland, from Cape Breton uh, and so on. Whereas with the she fiddlers, it's absolutely all about the Donegal fiddle tradition. And whereas six was quite arranged and um, there was a lot of harmonies um, and it was very, you know, it was a folk orchestra before <laughs> before its time nearly Uh the, the she fiddles is all about the she fiddlers is all about, you know, strong Donegal tunes Us all playing in our own little variants of that as well. So lots of colours, lots of different voices within that, like a big fiddle session.
0: That's very interesting that you should mention the different voices of fiddle. Is there such a diverse uh, number of sort of fiddle styles, even within the Donegal style?
1: Oh my goodness, if you look across the 13 of us, um, there's no two of us sound at all alike. Um, you know, you have uh, Mairead Mooney with her very kind of distinctive rhythmic sound, you have Breed Harper with her, um, you know, very polished, clear variations, you have all the nuances in between the Northern, the Anishone style, down to the Glen Column Kill style. You have Ashling Byrne, daughter of the late James Byrne in there. And every single fiddle player has their own unique style. And then when it all comes together, you're getting that Donegal energy, but the little differences that make everybody unique. So it's very special.
0: Oh, it just sounds so interesting. And I suppose for you as a fiddle player yourself would be even more so. Uh, you mentioned Cape Breton though. You spent a bit of time over there.
1: I did, I did mostly back in the 90s. Now I had um, with me Michal O'Sullivan in Cork, um, had the great opportunity to go and spend um, almost four years, I guess, um, over, over several years in Cape Breton, learning about the fiddle music there and just fantastic people, brilliant place. I still love it dearly, consider it my second home and try to get back as much as possible. And yeah, so I finished the PhD there back in 96, my goodness like a lifetime away (laughs) and uh, even though it was only a couple of years ago 2015 I finally wrote the book so it it took me a while to (laughs) kind of get that over the line but I'm still very connected to lots of people over there and um, just absolutely adore the music and great spots so have you been to Cape Breton?
0: Oh, I was over actually at Celtic Colours some years ago. And just a couple of weeks ago here on the podcast, actually, we spoke to Dawn Beaton about that uh, tradition over there. And uh, just to hear your take on it, what's different or what's special about what goes on there?
1: Well, do you know what? When I went there at the start in 1992, I found it so different to what I was used to here at home. There was no such things as sessions. The fiddle players never played together. Um, and all the music happened in people's homes. I had just come from Cork where I had had, you know, four years of being immersed in, you know, pub sessions, places like the lobby bar, the corner house, the spalping fan playing tunes morning, noon and night and going there and the music in people's homes and every fiddler took a turn one after the other to play. So very different from the kind of session experience that that I was used to Um, and the dancing, you know, part of it all the time. Now it's changed a lot since then, particularly since Celtic Colors came along in the mid 90s. 1997 was the first Celtic Colors, and there's much more of an influence from here now. So sessions are more common, uh, bands that have familiar lineups to us. Certainly, uh, part of the package there as well. But there's there's something about it that still feels to me like what I would have imagined Ireland was like. 50 years ago which just always seems to be that a little bit further back in time even though of course with the internet and technology and well pre-covid all the easy travel and um, that distance has kind of come together a bit more
0: that's very interesting that you should say that liz because i was listening to the late ben lennon now as it is sadly passed away uh, during the summer there uh, ben Lennon spoke about the tradition in his home place where the old boys would gather, the one fiddle would be passed around, and the pipe, the clay pipe would be passed around. I also heard Jerry Holland saying this. I met him in Anchorage uh, in Alaska about 20 years ago, and he spoke about that being the tradition, the Cape Breton tradition of handing the fiddle around, that it was more about solo playing and how you interpreted tunes. But you're saying now that that has kind of slightly changed in recent years?
1: Um, it's still very much part of what they do uh, and of course when I say that I would qualify by saying the piano of course was That's always right. um, part you know, of the, the accompaniment there and that very distinctive piano sound with lots of heavy left hand, lots of syncopation, very rhythmic and very busy style which some Irish musicians love to play with and some just find too overpowering. I love it myself, I just get really energized by that great piano players like Ryan McNeil and Troy McGilvery and so on, the late John Morris Rankin. Um, But yeah, the the idea that the fiddle one at a time playing then with their piano accompanist um, is still very much, if you go to a dance in Cape Breton, it'll be a fiddle and piano player. Um, And and that fiddle that, um, fiddle tradition of passing, passing the fiddle around that Ben Lennon, of course, spoke of, it is something that we've seen more recently happening in Donegal. Again, in the past, the fiddle session has become it's not something i remember growing up at all but it's something that characters officially do quite a lot um, of these days as well so it's interesting seeing these mm-hmm. kind of traditions emerging and disappearing and coming back again um, but certainly the fiddle reigns supreme in, in cape breton and even with all the influences from around the world um the variety of instruments that we have here the flutes concertina's boxes is less common still in cape breton it's it's all about the fiddle
0: and i i'm going to put in a word for the banjo as well there liz <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, fiddle heaven or fiddle hell, and we'll they let a banjo player right in now and again. <laughs>
0: Uh, That's all. It's just very interesting, isn't it, Those the the two traditions and how they're kind of uh, interlinked in that particular way. It's really interesting to talk about the music with you and to find out your background and your interests. You did mention the pianos there. I agree with you. I think it's a very exciting style of piano backing for the music. But you're here to talk about a new project for TG Cahar, or as people might see it as TG4, which is the Irish language uh, television station here in Ireland. They have a new project called Flour 2020. Now, there's no All-Ireland Flour, which is the biggest gathering of Irish traditional musicians in the world, I would say, each year. None this year because of COVID-19. But TG Cahar have come up with a kind of a solution to it anyway, Liz, and they employed you to kind of get working on it as a music producer. What can we expect from FLA 2020? Which, by the way, will be broadcast on TG Cahar or TG4 on the 6th, the 7th, the 8th and the 9th of August. Liz, what can we expect from that series?
1: Yes, so uh Power Pictures in Galway worked with T. G. Cahar to, to put this series together and over four nights uh Dahi O'Shea and Duran Glacken and Ciaran Hanran, a banjo player I believe, uh will all be involved in hosting uh, just this journey through flas and journey through traditional music uh over The duration and it's really to you know everybody will be sitting at home in ireland and abroad kind of thinking we should all be together in mullingar this weekend and and this is really about having an opportunity for everybody to be focused on the same music to be listening to the same thing and to be connecting then through the internet and the tv um, and kind of feeling that sense of community even though because of the circumstances we find ourselves in we're all actually separated and it's a brilliant um celebration of what the FLA is all about Um it's for so many people the FLA is the biggest event of the year for some families it's bigger than Christmas and it's really a snapshot of everything that goes on so we have Kaley bands we have some previous winners people who are practicing all year and aren't going to get their shot at going for gold again we have some of the stars of traditional music are there Begley and Cooney are back playing. We have uh, Four Men and a Dog are celebrating their 30 years with Jerry Banjo O'Connor, Mick Daly, and and Brian McGrath in the lineup. And there's a capture of lots of different families who are uh, the dronies, for example, and Brendan Malloy and his family from Derry. We have uh, groups of young kids from County Mayo, from Sligo. We have uh, duos like the Cain sisters we have Ryan Molloy and uh, Fergal Scahill, a whole plethora of musicians all across Ireland and internationally as well. We've been so lucky that the Cayley Band in Tokyo, the Toyota Cayley Band, groups in New York and in Brisbane and in Glasgow have all been doing bits of filming and sending it in for the show as well. So we're not all physically together for the duration, but in spirit, we're all gonna be joined together watching TG Cahar and being at FLA 2020.
0: Well, just in case anybody's getting too excited about my presentation, I'm, I'm, I was barely there. I was on the set uh, for a couple of hours, so I didn't see anybody else who was... I saw some of the bands, but not everybody else who was performing there. So just in case people are expecting me to be playing a leading role, it's not quite that. But Liz, the reason I was actually down there, actually, is because we were kind of discussing uh, the provincial element to the flare and the family element to the flare. Were you surprised at the engagement of people with flag?
1: Look, absolutely. And I mean I know that was why we were so keen to have um yourself there as the director of Skull Ege, um, as a presence there, as that thread throughout it, and also because of your, you know, vast experience in going round the FLA for all those years and because the stories and that legacy of the FLA is such an important part of it. And often during the FLA everybody's you know the music and the presentation of the music um is front and center but the layer behind that people are chatting and bringing back memories and re- reliving memories and having all those conversations and this series actually allows for both of those to be presented so we have the music but we're also getting that bit of chat that you know looking back um and looking forward as well to hopefully us all being together in real time uh next year Um, and it was it was great to have that because as well as the familiar faces of the musicians through the chats that you yourself had with a number of people and through the little film inserts we get a real sense of all the work that goes on behind the scenes whether it be families at home preparing for the FLA or kids at home practicing or all the people all the committee members around the world who put in such amazing work year round to to bring the FLA to be Um, And I think having those conversations add a really special dimension to it so that it's everybody who's involved in this community that Coltis has uh, created around the world. Everybody is represented in this particular show.
0: Now, you might explain how did you manage the recording and social distancing?
1: Well, it was a challenge, and um, this might be a really good opportunity for me to thank every single musician who bore with us through all the delays that we had for it. The social distancing was, I mean, obviously, the absolute priority um, on the, the set for the, the few days, um, and TG Cahar took it very seriously from the very inception of the programme right through to the last note was played. And um, it's it's a challenge for everybody. It's hard to play two meters apart from from your other fellow musicians you know we're so used to leaning in and getting close and getting that energy um and it was the first time that a lot of us have been out um and to be and that was was definitely a surprise and a change but people adapted really well and um it it all got managed and everybody stayed safe everybody you know did what we had to do um and it's amazing i think the joy when people sat down being able to look into Another musicians eyes while you're playing and getting that energy from them, even from two meters apart was something that everybody who came off the stage commented on. And for all the joy the technology has allowed us to hold on to through COVID, keeping us connected, um, it's a different experience mm-hmm. sitting down and playing with somebody in the same room than playing through Zoom.
0: There's um, no and I does. think
1: people appreciated that. And I'm hoping that that's what's captured Um, social distancing and all intact. But I hope that that's captured in a safe way, um, as it was in time, but that that joy is palpable.
0: Yeah, it certainly was, because I was just there as an observer most of the time, but I couldn't get over every musician I spoke to that was on the set or just coming off the set. There was joy, because as they were saying, just even to see other musicians, because a traditional musician's year actually works towards that a peak in that pinnacle of Flaa and Hearn and then we kind of float and drift off into the winter to prepare for the next year. So this wasn't going to happen for an awful lot of musicians this year. So the opportunity of FLA 2020, it gave them a great chance to kind of come together and it did bring joy to the musicians themselves.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? It was just amazing to to be there and to to be part of that. I think, you know, we look back on, you know, some of the, the shots that I've seen Um, You know, and obviously our very, very tiny audience um, and the musicians as they were moving in and out, everybody had on their masks and I think some of the the images that we'll have people with their instruments in hands and their masks is just something that will, you know, we'll be looking back at this in years to come and just remembering this time through the lens of the musician as well, it's extraordinary.
0: Speaking of memories, what about your own flare memories? Is there, are there any that stand out for you? Is there any flare that kind of says to you, oh, that was the real flare feeling?
1: Well, do you know what? One of my first, I think one of the first things that set me off on wanting to have any kind of a, a life in music at all were the flare years in Bunkrana. Um, and which was, as we were talking about, all the stories came up again and again. It was amazing how many musicians whose first Flas were actually in Bunkrana, Joni Madden and Karen Tweed and musicians, you know, that, that I would have known for years. I think I had forgotten that, you know, the Flas in Bunkrana, I wouldn't have known them then. Mm. But we're all part of their memories as well. And for us being from Bunkrana, uh, it, it started with having to, we had a clear out of the house and move into the garage so that we could let out the house you know to the the Fla visitors yeah. coming and we had always had these families from luton and there would be two bus loads from luton would land in our street and they would take over the house and they would be in one group of keol and one kelly band and we'd be down practicing in the garage and we'd be in the other and we were all the same age group and we were pen pals for life it was amazing and uh the, some of the stories from those years, and I mean, I was only young, but uh, the, it was the, the time uh, Bunkrana ran out of water, there was some kind of a, a heat wave and there was no water, and I remember the fire brigade coming up and filling up the bath so that we'd have water <laughs> for the kettle to make the tea for the, the, the visitors here for the flour from Luton, so it was all as much of that kind of crack as the the music. And uh, sure, look, here we are, 40 nice. years later, still playing and Honestly, still going yeah. to flat.
0: And still friends with a lot of those people. That's what I find about FLAZ. You make friends at FLAZ and you're friends for life.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's, now, it's so at, special.
0: At the beginning of this chat, we spoke about you being moving back to Donegal and uh, difficulties with the house. I was going to actually ask you how you've coped with COVID-19, but having two young sons uh, having no job and no roof on the house, I suppose there's not a lot to be said.
1: Well, do you know what? Um, I have. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world and there's a lot of people are in far, far, far worse positions than me. I'm I'm very grateful that I left my job before this came up because I haven't been happy in it for a long time. And I think had I not left... um, when COVID struck, I probably wouldn't have because I would have been afraid to take that. So I'm actually very grateful that I was brave enough and had the chance to make the leap before um, I was unable to. And look, uh, it's been on the positive side, you know, everybody around me has been safe and got through this safely so far. And You know, that's all we can hope for, that just everybody stays safe and that we all come through it and that we're all able to get together and make music soon.
0: That is very positive. You mentioned actually, and I actually understood what you were saying, that you hadn't played much yourself. I found actually maybe for the first week or two, I started playing a few tunes and then I just kind of got tired of just sitting there playing tunes myself. Because the whole art of Irish traditional music is that you swap your music with somebody else.
1: Isn't that isn't that the thing? Yeah. And I mean, we were so lucky to have technology and it did enable a lot of people to, to move into the teaching space and to keep kids learning and all of that. It's not the same for sure, because that that energy. You can't replace that with technology, no matter how good it is and how instant it, it can be. Um, but, you know, compared to people in a lot of other areas. Um, whose what they do is not possible to translate through zoom at all we 're mm-hmm. actually quite lucky and um, and some of the collaborations i mean some people have been hugely inspired and hugely inspiring seeing some of the the magic works that people have come up with over covid so i didn 't contribute to any of those oh. at all, but we live in hope that maybe inspiration will strike yet you know before the summer 's out so we 'll see
0: well, let me know when it does it might inspire me to get something done. By the way, see, if you haven't been listening to your own music, I presume you've been listening to the She Fiddlers, but have you been listening to any other music during lockdown?
1: Um, well, do you know what? Because of the boys are playing, it's really interesting trying to to get them listening to, to different musicians and kind of getting them to listen to older uh, recordings as well. So we've had a bit of a... We've had lots of tin whistle music going on in this house. We've had a lot of Paddy Maloney and Sean Potts and Michael Russell. And that's been a bit of the, the soundtrack going on here now as the boys are listening to, to music that before, you know, maybe wasn't on their radar at all. So it's been absolutely lovely. Um, and we still have millions of CDs here that we've been kind of plowing through as well in the middle of all the, the, uh, renovation chaos that we're going on, and um, it's brilliant pulling out random uh, random CDs that we've not come across for a while. So yeah, Tin Whistle Central though, I must say.
0: <laughs> uh, fair play Well, that Tin Whistle is such a, an important instrument for so many people because it kind of gets you moving in a certain direction musically. So fantastic that they're listening to good players as well like that, who will have certainly different influences on their music. Just a couple of more points, actually. The TG car or the TG4, the player, I just discovered recently, actually, that that's available free worldwide.
1: Yes, it is. And uh, FLA 2020 will be on the player for the four nights as well and obviously um, available after as well. So it's it's fantastic because it does mean that as well as people across the island of Ireland who can listen to the show in real time that now everybody across the world has access to it as well. So fantastic um, from TG Cahar now that we all have that available.
0: I know we say TG Cahar, it's TG4 isn't it just for people that mightn't understand the language and that might want to look it up TG4 and you'll get the player there. Just check out the website for uh, the Irish language station here in Ireland. Finally, Liz Doherty, just can you give us the details again of when FLA 2020 will be broadcast live initially on TG Cahir?
1: So yes, yeah, so August 6th, 7th, 8th and 9th, uh four nights each night starting at 9.30pm, uh, 90 minute show each night and there'll be just so much great music, great chat and seeing lots of familiar faces from all over the world coming together to celebrate what would have been the homecoming in Mullingar, but to celebrate it uh, socially distanced and virtual uh, from Mullingar on those nights. So 6th, 7th, 8th and 9th of August, Fla time, 9.30 p.m.
0: 9.30 Fla, 20.20. Liz Doherty, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast.
1: Thank you, Kieran. thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We look forward to when we're all together again in music at next year's Tradfest, provisionally set for the 27th through the 31st of January 2021. And while we're all waiting for the day when it's safe to travel again, you can fill your heart with Ireland by going to ireland.com.